0: Hey guys, welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Farah Siddiqui. Appreciate you joining in and listening. Um, Joey's not going to be here today. He's not going to be joining us on the waiver wire shows on Tuesdays. You know, this was something that I thought that I could add mid-season. I think our first waiver wire episode uh, for this season was last week. Uh, so Joey's only going to make it on Thursdays um, if he doesn't have any more weddings to go to. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he should he should be back on Thursday for the start sit episode. Uh, But yeah, I wanted to get in some waivers. Uh, The article's already up on the website, so if you don't want to listen to this, you can always read it. Uh, But I'm going to kind of go over uh, all the waiver wire pickups for this week. But I do want to start with uh, the AJ Green news. Um, He went to see a specialist. He doesn't need surgery right now, but he's going to be out at least two weeks uh, before they revisit it and see what the deal is um i don't think surgery is ruled out uh but you know it's at least two weeks he can come back but there's a possibility that he doesn't um so so you're kind of stuck there now tyler boyd you know he might see an increase of targets and he could he should stay uh in that slot role because he's pretty effective there um but you're gonna see a couple guys emerge um you know john ross is coming off of injury he practiced on monday He should be back, Um, you know, and he's going to be – he's going to get those deep shots. A.J. Green got deep shots, um, right, and they want to take those deep shots downfield. And if John Ross plays, he's going to get those because that's his forte. That's his specialty. Um, Will he see a huge target number? I don't know. And a guy like, I think, Josh Malone, you know, he's a tall – he's a big receiver. He's fast, and he could step into A.J. Green's role um, maybe if he gets – six, seven targets maybe. Maybe he can do something with it. Obviously, he's a flyer, um, but those targets have to go somewhere. So in a PPR league, you know, I might, you know, go Josh Malone just because I want to get a guy that maybe gets five, six catches a week while A.J. Green is out, but neither of these guys are really, really on my radar this week. I mean, there are guys on the waiver wire um, that I'd rather pick up, so I just wanted to touch on that. Um, you know, it's it, this is just going to take a huge hit on the offense as a whole, um, but, you know, there are a couple guys who have a chance to step up. Another piece of news is that New Orleans is working out Des Bryant, I think as we speak right now, it's 2.30 Eastern time right now, so there's a possibility that he gets signed there. Um and he's a you know he's a preliminary ad as a flyer. Um you know he might not be integrated into the offense right away, but he's somebody that can step in and, you know, be a potential uh weapon down the stretch. Now, we know how complicated this Saints offense is and we've seen wide receivers take a little bit of time to pick up the system and that's important. And Champagne isn't gonna put people out there just to put him out there. Now, maybe you know goal line red zone looks that they'll put him out there, like hey, like run a fade, that sort of thing, which is what Des Bryant does really well. But he's not someone that if he does sign that you pick him up and you can start him next week or even the week after that. Um, but he, he's a preliminary guy who, like, if you have a roster spot and you're locked into the playoffs, sure, why not? Standard leagues a lot more interested there than PPR leagues, just because he he probably won't see the target volume, but he's definitely a weapon that they can use in the red zone. Geronimo Allison may need core surgery, so that is not a good sign for his outlook. Even if he doesn't get surgery, this is still like a a pretty sizable recovery time. And because of that, Marquez Valdez Scantling becomes a must pickup. Um, and he's impressed when given opportunity. It's possible that you know, with the opportunity uh, that he's going to get. He can be entrenched as one of the three wide receivers uh, in their three wide receiver set and be the guy on the outside opposite Devontae Adams. Um, like, I, like I've been saying all season long, like when you can get a wide receiver that starts and is on the field with Aaron Rodgers uh, for most of the snaps, you want that guy. And we've seen it. He's produced, and he's stretched the field, he's running intermediate routes, and he's performed. So um, I'm all over MVS this week. Um, but yeah, so let's go. Let's get into the running back waiver wire pickups. I think that's all the news that I have uh, for today. So Duke Johnson, um, I hope you picked him up last week. I know we talked about it last week in the waiver wire show. Um, he's definitely worth picking up in a PPR league especially. Uh, the Browns, they finally started using him. He's their most underutilized talent on offense. And the Browns were down most of this game. Uh, he produced with a team-high nine targets. Um, now the offensive coordinator change definitely made a difference. Freddie Kitchens came in and he he did his thing and he 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 understood that Duke Johnson needed to get the football. And uh, you know now look if you look at the schedule you got Atlanta, Cincinnati twice, Houston, Carolina. Um, you know these are games where Johnson will have a shot to perform again um, because he'll have the Browns will probably be in potential negative game scripts there. So. You know, I mentioned the potential overcorrection last week, and I think nine targets is a little bit of an overcorrection. Um, and we might not see nine targets every single week, but I think six to eight targets would be enough for him to be started as a PPR flex or even RB2 if he's continued to be used like this. So, you know, and the tar- this, these targets, he had a couple red zone targets too. Um, this type of usage was the best he's seen since Hugh Jackson, Hugh Jackson took over. So as soon as Hugh Jackson's gone, <laughs> Drew Johnson's starting to see some targets. All right, let's get into Mike Davis. Um, So Chris Carson got hurt last week, hurt his thigh. Mike Davis was the guy. Um, So the Seahawks were down in that game, right? So even though they were down, they didn't bring Penny in. Davis caught seven of eight targets for 45 yards in addition to his 15 carries for 62 yards. So if Carson were to miss time, if he misses this game, I think Davis can be in for another serious workload. So, you know, remember, this is the Seahawks' backfield. So, you know, Rashad Penny can be randomly thrusted into a bigger role. You know, this backfield is always in complete flux. But I do think that Davis is the pickup here, and he's a good start next week um, if Carson can't go. But we're going to wait to hear more on Carson's injury. But Pete Carroll said he's not going to get that much practice in this week, which to me seems like if he's not going to get practice in, he probably won't play. Uh, So I'm looking to pick up Mike Davis if you need help at running back. Um, Another running back in PPR leagues, Jalen Rashard. Listen, the Raiders are just straight terrible. I mean, that was the worst performance I've ever seen against the 49ers last week. Um, they even pulled their starters in the fourth quarter, the Raiders did, because they were down so much and they didn't have a chance, So, which is not good for Jalen Rashard, so hopefully that doesn't happen again. But in PPR leagues, Rashard is good for five to ten catches a game. That's where Derek Carr likes to throw the ball. His A dot is like zero. So, you know... Hopefully they're not, you know, too bad and they can move the ball just a little bit, but they're gonna be in negative game scripts and you know Richard should be a play uh every single week in PPR. Uh another guy, Theo Riddick, another pass catching running back. Now Golden Tate left. We're trying to figure out who the guy is gonna to be to replace him, you know, replace those targets basically. Now And in this game, we saw that Theo Riddick caught seven of eight targets. Eight targets, I think, was his highest for the season. The Lions, they were in a negative game script all game. So we saw a lot of Riddick on the field. If you're you're in need of a running back in PPR, I think he's a good pickup if you need someone to get you through the bye weeks. 27% of target share was gone with Tate's departure, and it needs to go somewhere. So Riddick um, actually lined up as a wide receiver um, on 13 snaps. It's not a ton, but he was only running like five. Um, you know, he was averaging five earlier in the season, so, uh, he doesn't have a huge ceiling, he doesn't really have a high floor, but he's going to have somewhat of a floor here, uh, in PPR leagues, and I think he's a nice fill-in during these bye weeks. He played on 46% of snaps, um, the same amount as on Johnson, and even if you don't need a running back for this week, I think he provides some good depth, um, you know, in case you run into any injuries at the position. Okay, Frank Gore, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, like, racing to pick him up, obviously, but, he got 20 carries last week. Drake only had 3. There's something going on with this coaching. Like this this staff is unbelievable. Adam Gase giving Drake 3 carries and giving Frank Gore 20. Like I don't know what is going on here. Um I know Frank Gore wants to, you know, get these records, you know, and like be in the record books and break all these break all these records, but I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, how much is he paying Adam Gase to give him all that work? Um <laughs> so Drake saw seven targets to Gore's one target. So this seems like a clear role differential to me. You know, Gore was the Dolphins' main ball carrier while Drake was their passing back. And Gore averaged two point seven yards a carry in this game. He has five total games under three yards per carry this year. You would think that would open some up some touches in the run game for Drake, but it just didn't. Um you know, he he didn't get much on those twenty carries, but we just can't ignore the workload, which is why I'm talking about him here. And so he's a desperate ad, uh, if you need some running back help in deeper leagues. Uh Elijah Maguire he left the Jets' backfield in snaps. He only had 10 touches to Corell's 14, um, but McGuire, he's the more versatile back. He caught three of five targets in addition to his seven carries, and because of that vers- versatility and involvement in the passing game, I think he's a deeper league pickup if you need some running back depth in PPR league. So with the offense potentially behind in most games, McGuire should see his touch total rise against better teams. Keep in mind that the Jets see Buffalo next week, then they're on a bye, so he might not be a priority pickup for you this week, you know, when the Jets see the Patriots in week twelve, I think he can be useful in that game while the Jets attempt to make a comeback. Now his usage is worth noting as someone who just who is just activated off the pop and he's been in trends as the back leading in Snapshot. He had more snaps than Correll in this game. Um, so that's a really good sign. And the field conditions were terrible, um, this week. So, you know, I I think he's a he's a guy that you can you can pick up. And hopefully he can give you some value you know, in a couple of weeks because he has the tough matchup. Not necessarily tough, but you know, the Bills defense is good, but the Bills probably won't be up in that game for him to be involved in such a negative game script or anything like that. But he should get a couple catches uh, because there will still be passing situations, third downs, that sort of thing. Okay, Ido Smith. Uh, the Redskins' rush defense, they've been stout, but... Then you have Tevin Coleman and Edo Smith rushing for a combined 148 yards against them last week. And Coleman looked like someone we haven't seen all season. I think they kind of wanted to fix that during the bye week. He was involved in the passing game. He caught five of seven targets. He had a total of 18 touches, which is the type of number we like to see. But Edo Smith only saw 11 touches. Not really that great going forward. It's not really too encouraging. Um, he did score a touchdown. He was somewhat efficient on the ground. Um, but, you know, he's going to be someone who will be touchdown dependent moving forward. But, you know, this is an offense that is in the red zone pretty often. Um, so, you know, if you're struggling at running back and he's available, you might want to pick him up. Okay. Moving on to this Eagles backfield. I'm going to talk about Smallwood, Wendell Smallwood, Darren Sproles, and Josh Adams. And and this backfield, it, it can totally remain frustrating all year long, um, we can take shots on guys we think can gain a bigger role after the Eagles come out of their bye. Darren Sproles is expected back, so in PPR leagues, he can be somewhat useful. He has a shot at playing the most snaps on a per-game basis, which we saw like earlier in the season before he got hurt. Um, then you got Josh Adams. He has a shot at being their early down back, similar to the role Jay Ajayi had. And whether this happens, any of this happens, remains unclear. You know, it's a hy- you know these are all hypotheses that can be proven true or not this upcoming week. Um, it's also possible Smallwood keeps his role as the versatile back, getting around fifty percent of snaps. But to me, honestly, it seems a little bit unlikely, assuming Sproles is active and relatively healthy. So in standard leagues, I'd take a shot on Adams. Maybe he gets like fifteen carries. You, you, you never know. Um, and then in PPR, I'll probably like you know, roll with Sproles um, to see if he becomes that versatile back that we know they like to use. Um, so wide receiver pickups, I, I mentioned Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he's definitely number one. Uh, Christian Kirk, he's been producing, um, even with the offense offense playing terribly, and now that it's on a little bit of an upward swing after the OC change, kind of moving towards a, a more dynamic offense, as far as play calling goes at least, um, and you know, and also, like, how creative they, they line up and not not doing things archaically um, like their old offensive coordinator. So, I think he can be even better moving forward. So, he's produced in PPR leagues. Didn't leave you too disappointed most weeks if you started him. He can produce this week against Kansas City. The Cardinals will almost certainly be passing a ton to try and catch up in this game. So, he's not a pickup and not a bad start this week. Terrell Williams. His touchdown this past week wasn't a long touchdown, uh, but he's been getting it done, you know, for three to four weeks now. Uh, the Raiders' defense, they're going up against the Raiders, and they've just given up. So that's that's who he he's going to see this week. So if he needs some upside, he's a good player against Oakland. You know, Terrell Williams, you know, and, and Phillip Rivers, I'll take them. I'll take a shot on that, you know, with how Oakland's defense has been playing. Uh, Traquan Smith, now, there's no doubt that a touchdown saved uh, Traquan's day last week. Catching two balls on three targets isn't necessarily encouraging moving forward. But either way, I think Smith should be rostered. He offers big playability. You know, he's the field stretcher for Drew, B, Drew, Drew Brees. Um, the next three weeks, the Saints see the Bengals, Eagles, and Falcons. You know, they all offer offenses that can potentially stay in it with the Saints, and their defenses aren't great on the outside either. So if Breeze needs to throw the ball more with Smith on the field more than any other wide receiver, not named Michael Thomas, he's in a high upside asset that should be rostered. And with all this Des Bryant news, I'm not, it doesn't really affect how I feel about Traquan. Uh, Muhammad Sanu, he had a tough matchup last week. It gets a bit easier moving forward this week against Cleveland. Like, it's an okay matchup, not the best matchup, you know, for slot wide receivers, but he's still in a high octane offense. You know, Sanu is someone that can offer some upside every single week. He might not be needed a ton this week because, you know, chances are the Falcons won't need to pass a ton. But if you look past this game, you know, there are a few useful weeks like, you know, against New Orleans, Green Bay, Arizona, Carolina. Those are good matchups and uh, potential scripts where, he, you know, the Falcons would have to throw. Maybe not the Arizona game, but the other ones. But Arizona does pr- you know, present a nice slot matchup. Um, so he's a guy that could help you down the stretch. So I'm not really too keen on dropping him. Um, and I would try to pick him up because he's a guy that you can plug in if needed. Okay, Kiki QT. You know, Kiki was on, you know, after Will Fuller got hurt, everyone was on him, and then DT got traded to the to the Texans, and, you know, with Kiki's injury, and then the bye, um, you know, everyone's not really on him anymore, but, and on top of that, he might not still be 100% healthy, you know, he just came out and said that he won't play until he's 100%, and that doesn't really sound like he's confident in a return this week. But either way, I think he's more of a PPR stash, um, you know, someone who can help you in the fantasy playoffs, And someone in that slot role um, who can, you know, pick up seven to eight targets a week, even with uh, DT involved. Uh, Another slot guy, Danny Amendola, PPR Leagues. He's been getting it done with Brock. Um, It seems like he has a safe PPR floor. Um, You know, he hasn't had less than five catches in any of the last four games. Against Green Bay this week, the Dolphins will have to pass more. Than they would like, and Amendola should be the recipient of seven plus targets. So if he's available and you need like 10 to 15 points, you know, I would I'll would pick Amendola up for sure. Uh Anthony Miller. Alan Robinson has been banged up. Miller has been improving over the last four weeks. Over the last four weeks, he caught one ball, then two balls, three balls, now five balls. And he gets a couple of decent matches out of the matchups out of the slot over the next few games. He's a pickup for a potential, you know, mini breakout, if you will. It might not happen, but if you have an extra roster spot with a, for a wide receiver with high upside, I think Miller isn't a bad option. Um, and, you know, even if Allen Robinson does return, you know, these slot matchups tend to be a little bit better, and we've seen him and Trubisky gain a little bit of a rapport um, over the last few weeks. Okay, um, moving on to tight ends, and, you know, just for wide receivers, I mentioned John Ross, jo- Josh Malone, and Des Bryant uh, already. Um Guy, a tight end. So, Jack Doyle, he needs to be picked up. He needs to be 100% owned. Um, he's Lux guy. Um, he should be picked up. should be started every single week. And, yes, I mean, I get a lot of questions about Ebron. Yes, I would drop Ebron for Doyle, especially in PPR leagues. Ebron always good for a touchdown. But I'm looking for more upside uh, and more dependabil- dependability, and that's, that's Jack Doyle because, you know, he can get you, like, six catches for 70 yards, and... And a touchdown. So, um, regardless, Andrew Luck likes his, t- his tight ends in the red zone, and he likes Doyle all over the field. Chris Herndon. He's been, like, the one consistent piece of the Jets' offense over the last four weeks. He either totaled 42 yards and or a touchdown in each game. Uh, not the best matchup against Buffalo this week, week, but Sam Donald is looking his way. No doubt about that. Uh, ben Watson—he's a little hard to trust after he put up that goose egg in Week Eight in a decent matchup. Uh, but he did do great in Week Seven and Week Nine. Uh, good matchup this week against Cincinnati, so I wouldn't hesitate uh, rolling him out. C.J. Ozuma, the Bengals lost A.J. Green right for some period of time, so you would have to think you know use Uz- Uzama Uzama sorry Uzama will step up and produce on some extra targets. Um, he hasn't been good um he's had his games but the upside is still there um he's on the field you know almost 100% of snaps so he's gonna get his it's just it's just a matter of time Vance McDonald the upside is always there with him um and his ability you know the offense he plays in has huge upside so he has a decent matchup this week so you know I wouldn't hesitate rolling him out either uh, Nick Vanette, uh eight targets last week, one target the week before. <laughs> so, you know, you never know which version of Vinette you're gonna get. But if you're in a deep league, your options are exhausted. Vinette should be available. Um and he's like, you know, that like a higher upside guy that you can plug in. Um you know, I'm not you're not depending on him, you're not expecting too much, but you know, he could make something happen this week. Uh, a couple QB streamers I like: Ryan Fitzpatrick against Washington, uh, Andy Dalton against New Orleans, Baker Mayfield uh, against Atlanta, uh, Dak Prescott in Philly. You know he's not he's not he doesn't have the most dynamic offense, but he makes th- he makes things happen uh, with his legs. You know got Amari Cooper on the outside, and Philly isn't great against outside receivers. Uh, Nick Mullins, if you're super desperate against the Giants, uh, defensive streamers. You got LA the Chargers against Oakland. Um, Kansas city against Arizona. I like targeting, you know, I like targeting some defenses with a pass rush that have a chance of getting up big in a game. Um, and that'll force Arizona to be in a negative game script and become one dimensional. Um, let's, let's see, uh, the jets against Buffalo green Bay against Miami Washington against Tampa Bay. Obviously the last one, you never know. Tampa Bay can, can put up some points, but Washington's defense has been relatively okay. You know, Matt Ryan and the Falcons are, are, are a different story, and they were coming out of a bye. So, um, I think Washington can be just fine. A couple of guys that I would drop: um, Raheem Mostert. If you're, I don't know why I even put this here. If you're still, if you're still holding on to him, he's. Why do not I even put that here? Uh, <laughs> Devontae Booker. Uh, now that Royce Freeman should be back, uh, should be healthy. Uh, Buck Allen, uh, Derrick Henry, Corey Clement, Kenny Stills, Geronimo Allison. Uh, Jordan Nelson, Chris Hogan. These are guys that you know. If you need to drop them to like pick pick up somebody else, I'm perfectly fine doing so. Um, It's all relative, though. You know, it depends on your team. There are a lot of other guys I would drop too, but you know, this is more of a vacuum and without knowing the context of your team. Uh, But yeah, good luck. You know, if you have any questions, um, you you can check out uh, my Instagram at Upperhand Fantasy, all one word. Obviously, that's how Instagram works. Um, You can send me a DM, uh, but it'll be a lot more likely that I'll get back to you if you comment on one of the posts, any one of them. Uh, The most recent one is always uh, the easiest. Uh, So if you have any questions, you can always hit me up there. I'm usually answering all my comments. Uh, So yeah, hit me up. Appreciate you guys listening. Um, it, we'll be back on Thursday with Joey. Going to go over some starts, sits, desperate starts, and temper. Guys, you need to temper your expectations on, so you can check that out. Again, I'm at Upper Hand Fantasy. Uh, you can check out the article version of this podcast on uh, UpperHandFantasy.com. Uh, yeah. Alright, guys. Take it easy. Have a good one. See you on Thursday.